Hey, welcome to Monday's program. Stu, glad to have you here. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Nikki Haley, we uh, we begin with our defense of Nikki Haley and our expose on Media Matters, George Soros, and the media. Just how dishonest are these people? Uh, we, we, we also throw in a little extra spice for uh, uh, Chuck Todd and the wonderful people uh, at uh, NBC. We also talk a little bit about how your Fitbit may be a trap. We celebrate <laughs> the ratings record low at CNN. Talk about Giuliani, Trump's fix the election, apparently. Michael Jordan's Hitler mustache and pickle pickle. Who's got the pickle? All on today's podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. Start with Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley was uh, on my podcast uh, over the weekend, and apparently, it was too much to ask for the uh, for the media to actually go and do their own fact check. They got their story from Media Matters, a Soros-funded industry. What a surprise! You know, it's kind of nice being the uh, number one enemy of George Soros. Is it now? Yeah, I like that. Hmm. I do. I kind of like that. Why is that? Uh, because he's evil. <laughs> because oh, so he you're is... saying that because he's Jewish. Uh, no, I because, see what you're doing. I no, see because what you're he's saying. evil. Wait, but what, what does that have to do with you being an anti-Semite? Because I don't want to hear any news about George <laughs> no, I know, Soros unless I know. it points to you being an anti-Semite. <laughs> right, I know. I know. I know. So anyway, uh, spooky dude. Now, in the end, do you understand? <laughs> anyway, that guy. Uh, <laughs> He's back in this new movie, too, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, he, he is. is yeah. Oh, your friends. You think your friends are going to save you. Reach for it. Slay me down. <laughs> Feel the hatred. Um, anyway, uh, so George Soros uh, and his minions at uh, Media Matters. Decided to smear um, Nikki Haley uh, in an interview that I did with her. And honestly, I've been working all weekend. I was working on a stage show, so I didn't even get a chance to respond or even check on it. I get up all day Saturday. I'm hearing this, and I'm like, oh, geez, Nikki, uh, this is so horrible. I'm sorry. I didn't even have a chance to write to her, say I'm sorry that this happened because of the podcast we did. And I'm kicking myself. How did I not hear this as an interviewer? I should have heard this and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. And that stuff happens. Sometimes you're not listening you're thinking of your next question for a second you're organizing your thoughts in for my case going. it happens in my case i just thought to myself uh i missed it because i must have known what she meant and so i didn't take it that way and i wasn't thinking oh somebody's going to take it this way and that's i guess maybe what happened maybe but that's really even saying that she said anything that should have been taken any differently. I want you to first, here's what Media Matters said, and millions of hits on a short version, okay? Millions of stories that went out and have been and passed by everybody on the left that Nikki Haley said that she saw the Confederate flag as a, a flag of service, uh, a flag of heritage, until, uh, what, what, what was his name? The, the Dylan Roof. Uh, the, uh, Dylan uh, Roof uh, goes into the church and shoots everybody, and then she sees it differently. Well, that's not what she said. Here is the actual audio from the podcast. If anybody wants to actually listen to it, a few outlets have retracted the story and corrected it. But here it is. South Carolina fell to her knees when this happened. This is one of the oldest African-American churches. These 12 people were amazing people. They loved their church. They loved their family. They loved their community. And here is this guy that comes out with his manifesto holding the Confederate flag and had just hijacked everything that people thought of 
we don't have hateful people in South Carolina. There's always the small minority that's always going to be there. But, you know, people saw it as service and sacrifice and heritage. And but once he did that, there there was no way to overcome it. And the national media came in in droves. They wanted to define what happened. They wanted to make this about racism. They wanted to make it about gun control. They wanted to make it about Mm -hmm. death penalty. And I really pushed off the national media and said there will be a time and place where we talk about this, but it is not now. We're going to get through the funerals. We're going to respect them. And then we will have that conversation. And we had a really tough few weeks of debate, but we didn't have riots. We had vigils. We didn't Mm -hmm. have protests. We had hugs. Mm. And the people of South Carolina stepped up and showed the world what it looks like to to show grace and strength in the eyes of tragedy. Okay, so here's 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 how this is spun. Now listen to this. What she said was, uh, look, um, South Carolina fell to its knees when that shooting happened. So she's first saying the people of South Carolina were humbled, were so struck by what happened, they were humbled by it. And she said, Some people, by saying people, she doesn't mean all, people saw that flag as um, uh, service and sacrifice and heritage. Now, she said, we don't have hateful people. Yes, we do, of course, have. There's always a small number, a small minority of hateful people. But people saw that as sacrifice and heritage. Now, let me be really clear. For all you imbeciles, not not regular members, just the people who are being paid by George Soros at Media Matters <laughs> to smear me and everybody else, um, the the South was not about state state rights. It was not about that. You can you can claim it all you want, but that's not what it was about. Period. It was about the expansion of slavery not even the just the holding on to slavery but the expansion of slavery remember we had the missouri compromise we had the expansion of slavery out west was being told no you can't expand it out west the south the southern states wanted this all the way down into mexico they wanted it out west and they wanted it down to mexico to be clear here the reason why you know that is because you've seen in person the Confederate Constitution, yeah, which does if it was about states' rights, would probably have given new states an out to not have slavery. Yeah, you could join you could if option. you don't. You have the option, right? That's not what the Confederate Constitution did. Instead, it required everyone who joined the Confederacy to automatically have it have and, slavery, and and it was required and before the expansion of mm-hmm. slavery. So it wasn't enough that you were a slave owning state. You had to agree with that. You had to be a slave-owning state. And you had to agree with the expansion of slavery. So it was not about heritage. And it was not about state rights. It wasn't about any of that. However, Stu, tell me tell me what it turned into in the 1970s well, and 80s, the Confederate flag. We all know this is, is started as something we, I mean, we fought a war over what it started as. Yes. However, these things, of course, do develop and, and change meanings over time. I mean, we can all acknowledge that we, we all watched on television a show with a Confederate flag on the side of an orange car jumping over things all the time. It was not seen as, wow, these guys are super mega extra racist. Wow, these guys are for slavery. These guys want to to expand slavery all over it the world. It was the South. It was the South. It became a symbol of just Southern pride. Right or wrong. Uh, and obviously we know Nikki Haley's position on, on whether it was right or wrong. She removed it from the state house. She also is... An Indian American. Okay. First generation American. She's an Indian who in the interview talked about the racism that she felt as a child. She was different. She was neither black nor white. She was another. She was in a beauty pageant as a kid. She wanted to join. They didn't have a category for her. So she was told to beat it, kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's a woman who in the South... In South Carolina, growing up, experienced racism. 
And then she says, look, that's not what it turned into. This this flag was about heritage. But once, once Dylan Roof hijacked that and made sure everybody knew that was about racism, South Carolinians got rid of it. And she led the way. Yeah. I mean, think about just the what kind of garbage organization gets to work every day and says, you know what, let's take the Indian American governor of a southern state who is literally responsible for removing the Confederate flag and let's say, ah, it seems like she might have some white supremacist leanings. Let's just, let's just insinuate that and see what happens. And they imagine the country and the media that allows that to work, albeit for a short time. I mean, eventually they correct the stories later on, but no, still. But nobody sees the corrections. Right. Nobody sees the corrections. It's embarrassing. This is a pathetic tactic. How could anyone think this was going to work? And then it shows, too, and I will say, like, in Media Matters' very light defense here, they actually do include the part where she says she's not giving her own opinion. Now, they mislabel the tweets. They, uh, they lie on the headlines. But the media is so pathetic, they don't even listen to the clip they pulled from your interview, let alone go back to the interview, let alone go back and hear the actual context. They listen only to Media Matters' clip, and they don't even listen to the whole thing they write on their headline. That is how pathetic your media is today. They didn't even bother to listen to the minute 20 clip that Media Matters pulled. They didn't even listen to it for themselves. That is an incredibly low bar to clear, and that is where... The entire media seems to be living right now. And then they have to embarrassingly delete tweets and correct stories. How about spend 80 seconds <laughs> listening to the damn clip before you write the story? How about going back, and I know this one's crazy, go back and listen to five minutes before this moment on the podcast and five minutes after. Is that, a, is that a possibility? Something like that? Where you'd actually at least get the very basic context of what was going on? They don't have time to do that. I know. They I, don't have time to do that. And besides, it's behind a paywall. Oh, no. It, oh, no. On Saturday, it's open for everybody on YouTube. Is it a legitimate request? Is it a legitimate excuse? Let me give you this. Is it a legitimate excuse for a media organization to say they can't subscribe to a website for $9, whatever we're charging? <laughs> for, oh, and by the way, one week free, I believe. Yes. Uh, you, you can't do that to, before you write a news story? About a, a, the ambassador to the United Nations. And the leader, probably, for the Republican nomination in 2024 as we stand right now. Yeah, it's not worth nine bucks to you. No. Not I mean, zero. you can get it for free. Zero dollars. You just have to sign <laughs> you get it up. for free. I mean, that's crazy. You At can, least Media Matter subscribes. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I think they do. I'm sure well, they must. Yeah. So here's the thing. You can get it at uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, your, uh, your, your support is more than welcome. It is really, really appreciated and needed. Uh, but if you want to watch it for free, you can watch it for free. It's out now on YouTube. Uh, just go to the Glenn Beck uh, or uh, Blaze. Oh, it's right here. Go to, uh, yeah, YouTube.com slash Glenn Beck, and you'll be able to get that for free and listen to it. She's amazing. She's amazing. And I'm sorry, Nikki, that uh, it was this show that caused you any kind of consternation uh, over this weekend. But we did our job. You did your job. The media, as always, fails to do theirs. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Chuck Todd, uh, I'm available next Sunday if you'd like to see the evidence and you wish to have someone actually present it without constantly being interrupted uh, by you. Here is Ted Cruz yesterday, and I want I want to play the whole clip where they just mock Ted Cruz and then really don't let him present any evidence. Here it is. Do you believe Ukraine meddled Look, in the American Ukraine, election in 2016? I, I do, and I think there's considerable evidence. You do? That. You do? Yeah, oh, stop, and, and stop. Chuck, let me I, say. Stop. Play that again. Turn it up in your car if you're in your car. Turn it up. Listen to the background. Listen to the staffers. Go ahead. Play do you believe again. Ukraine meddled Look, in the American Ukraine, election in 2016? 
I do, and I think there's considerable evidence. You do? You do? Yes. Uh, look, and Chuck, let me say, I, this, this, is is all Senator, this sort of strikes me as, as odd, because uh, you went through a primary campaign with this president. He launched a birtherism campaign against you. He went after your faith. He threatened to, quote, spill the beans about your wife about something. He pushed a National Enquirer story, which we now know he had a real relationship Chuck, with the editor. I appreciate editors you're drag, the dragging Enquirer. up all that no, garbage. Senator, That's very kind is of it you. Not, is it, <laughs> let me ask you this. Is it not possible that this president is capable of creating a false narrative about what somebody kind of, like, in order to help him this? politically? Can we stop yeah, for stop, a second? Stop, stop. This is a great thing where it's like, hey, did Ukraine uh, get in the middle of our elections? Yes. So you don't think it's possible Donald Trump could lie? Well, what, what, first of all, like, forget the facts about Ukraine for a second. That is not the fact that Donald Trump can did occasionally believe in conspiracy theories in the past has nothing to do with whether there's evidence on the books that we could show you and have shown you about whether Ukraine was involved in our elections. It's not only that. Listen to what he's saying is he's bringing up all this personal stuff. Yeah. To okay. try to get him like, yeah. Like, to try to get yeah. him like, he's gone after you and said horrible things. How could you possibly believe him? Well, doesn't his credibility, doesn't Ted Cruz's credibility actually go up on this issue? Right, it should. <laughs> he, I've been personally attacked and destroyed by Donald Trump. <laughs> he could have said, I could say, Donald Trump said a lot of things about me. Do you want me to bring up the list No, again? I do not want that okay. list back on. But he said a lot of things. So shouldn't my credibility go up? I was willing to say, these are lies. These are lies. I'm now willing to say, the guy I've said that was a liar, these aren't lies. This is true. And this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. This has everything to... They convicted two people, convicted them for meddling in the U.S. election in Ukraine. They are on tape confessing it. Really? Because if you continue with this interview clip, he, uh, Chuck Todd points out uh, the, the things that were a problem from Ukraine, and he doesn't mention either of those things. It's just, I, thought, I thought to be very strange. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Except that's not what happened. The president released the transcript of the phone call. You can read what was said on the phone call. Yeah, and the and Biden. Let me point out again. And you weren't. The, you, you yourself thought on. the Biden Chuck, part Chuck, was troubling. Chuck, let me point out a game that the media is playing. You know, a question that that you've asked a number of people is you've you've said to senators, sort of aghast, "Do you believe that Ukraine and not Russia interfered in the election?" Now that. That in, in, in a court of law would be struck as a misleading question. Of course, Russia interfered in our election. Nobody looking at the evidence disputes that. Uh, but the what president the media of the United is States pretending does. is, uh, look, n it, on the oh, evidence, Jeff. Russia clearly interfered in our ev in our election. But here's the game the media is playing because Russia interfered. The media pretends nobody else did. Ukraine blatantly interfered in our election. The sitting ambassador from Ukraine wrote an op-ed blasting Donald Do you Trump know why? during the election season. Do you know season. why he did that? That is what did unusual. Donald, what, did Donald Trump, what did Donald Trump as a candidate say about Ukraine and Crimea during the election that might have so, inspired so you're saying the ambassador? they had disagreements with no, Donald Trump and I, they wanted Hillary saying, Clinton to get elected. Okay, so they wrote an op-ed. A wrote Ukrainian an op -ed. parliamentarian. That is the difference. What you're saying I, I, is he's trying you're to say. saying a pickpocket which essentially a is a hill op to go to compared the... to Bernie Madoff and Vladimir Putin. You're trying to make them both seem equal. Yes. I, don't, I don't understand that. Chuck, Chuck, I understand that you want to dismiss Ukrainian interference because, A, they were trying to get Hillary Clinton elected, which is what the vast majority of the media wanted anyway, and, B, it's inconvenient for the narrative. You know, it's hysterical. Two years ago, there was article after article after article in the mainstream media about Ukrainian interference in the elections. But now the Democrats have no evidence of a crime, no evidence of violating the law. And so suddenly Ukrainian interference is treated as the media clutches their pearls. Oh, my goodness. You can't say that. Last week, Chuck, you called Senator John Kennedy basically a stooge for Putin. I did basically. not. Press but don't basically. Stop being basically. ridiculous Senator, and just and, and are you concerned? like they work for Adam Schiff. Okay. Hmm. It's unbelievable. So it's an op-ed. That was their evidence yeah. that they discussed. And this guy is trying to, you, you remember, um, 
Oh, he was the guy who did Meet the Press years ago. He was so great. Uh, Meet the Press. He died uh, oh, early. Uh, you're uh, talking about Tim, Tim Russert. Tim, Tim Russert. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely a one-sided game with Chuck Todd and Meet the Press. Mm-hmm. Just one-sided. He's so emotionally attached to this story mm-hmm. that he's defending it out of emotion. You can hear it mm-hmm. in his... You do? Yeah, he, he does it in the way of like, you said my kid was ugly? Well, let right. me tell you why they're not ugly. Right. Well, that's not, it's not supposed that's to not your job, your, dude. It's not, it's not your child. Defending this storyline should not be a family issue to you. Welcome to the program, Mr. Pat Gray, host of uh, Pat Gray Unleashed that you can hear on podcast and you can hear on Blaze Radio Network. Just become a member of Blaze. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and uh, sign up. Use the password Glenn and you'll save 10, uh, 10% right now. Hi, Pat. Hi, Glenn. Uh, I'm totally convinced that Ukraine didn't meddle. It was only it was only Russia. It was it was just Russia. Russia. And it wasn't yeah. Russia on anything else other than working and colluding with Donald Trump and his campaign, right? Exactly. So right. it wasn't right. It wasn't anything that Trump was not related to. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Would you would you go as far as saying that Trump was the architect? Yes. Yes, I would. I mean, of not and only I'd this. I'd go as far as to say he's a Russian uh, asset. Okay. And he was, asset. was he a Russian asset during mm-hmm. slavery as well? Yes. Yes, he was. He was. <laughs> yes, he was. Was. He had to be because he's responsible, obviously, for slavery, as we heard from Representative Al Green. Right. Al. He has to, now he has to be impeached yeah. because, because of slavery. Slavery. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> and you know what? Mm-hmm. As unfair as it <laughs> seems... I might be willing to go along if we can get past slavery. If all is required <laughs> is Donald Trump to be uh, impeached for uh-huh. the good of the country so we can finally move on, I might be for if that. If this actually settles the yeah, issue. this settles the yeah. issue, I think Donald Trump nice. might go, you know what, it's good for the country. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even understand the Al Green point. I mean, how do, wh- wh- what do you even make of that? It's uh, Al Green. Yeah. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. similar it's, to, though, is the O.J. Simpson thing. where You, you talk to the, uh, the jurors today, and they say, well, we didn't necessarily think he was innocent, but what we thought was there was a lot of uh, uh, injustice over a long period of time, and they needed to pay. And that's what what's the yeah. Green saying, right? Like right. slavery was really bad, so you know so, what? This Donald gets Trump, him, right? I was like, that's not how justice yeah. works. This is exactly what I laid out on my first episode. Uh, of, on the impeachment, remember? I laid it out and said, this is the O.J. Simpson case. This is the glove. Yes. This is the glove. It doesn't matter what the evidence says. doesn't matter. If mm-hmm. the glove doesn't fit, you have to acquit. And it was all based on emotion. This is the worst. Imagine this is the kind of system that you're setting up for you. By the way, have you been to the airport lately? <laughs> have you seen clear yeah, they, it's like a, a fast pass through security, right? Yeah, how's that work? How's that work, Stu? I I looked into it and I uh-huh. I've, uh, because I you know thought maybe it would be something to sign up for, and uh, it, I don't know exactly how it works, but it's supposed to get you through the line like sure, it's a retina scan. It's a retina scan. Retina okay. scan. You just give them your imprint of your retinas. That's all they don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just so you know. Retina, retina scanning is what one of the big things that I was against in uh, Common Core. When I found out why they wanted the kids on computers and why they needed the cameras on every computer was because they could retina scan your kid. And then they would know when they were drifting, when they were thinking about something else, when they were lying, when they were panicked, when anything. Because the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Okay. Now, this is, I'm going a long way here. We'll go back into retina scans later, but don't do it. It's a trap. But look at, uh, now I've, good God, now I've forgotten what I was, gonna, <laughs> how I was tying these two together. Hmm. Uh, oh, crap. I, it it is a good, trap. though. It was, it, it was yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. It was really, oh, think about it. If they could do this to the president now with this shady evidence. Mm-hmm. When they have you and all of your information and all of your heartbeat and everything else just by scanning your eye at all times, and they're the ones that have the information, not you, 
You don't have it. Yeah. They could manipulate any way they want. If this is what we deem as a fair hearing, a fair trial, and decency in America, on our criminal system, on our justice system, if this is what we deem as fair and right and righteous to the most powerful man in the world, what do you think it's going to be like for you and your children? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be Soviet. Uh, well, yeah, you'll have Soviet no chance. Apprehension. You'll have no chance. That's why the argument. Well, I don't care what they're doing. I'm not doing anything wrong. I can look at whatever I'm doing. I got nothing to hide. Yeah. Uh, yes, you do. And you know what? They decide and, what you have to hide, right? Not you. And hang on just a second. You have nothing to hide. Look at how many people have lost their jobs from something they did 20 years yeah. ago, or mm-hmm. 40, okay. or 40 years ago. Look how they've been smeared. Mm-hmm. That's not even talk. That's still saying you have something to hide. You're thinking I have nothing to hide in a just society. This is not a just society anymore. Are we even looking for justice or are we just looking to feel good? Are we looking to be right? Are we looking to win? Are we, are we just looking to get that guy mm-hmm. because we don't like him? That society, you're right. You may have nothing to worry about in a just society. But in that society, the one we're becoming, oh, you shouldn't sleep at night. (laughs) You shouldn't freaking sleep at night. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Ten Saudi students were being held on the uh, on the base on Saturday while several others were unaccounted for, said an official who spoke on the condition of anonymity after being briefed by federal authorities. Uh, the Blaze reported only six nationals were being held as of Friday night. Officials have not said if the individuals are connected to Friday's uh, tragedy. Sources who spoke to CNN and the AP both said the officials are investigating whether the incident is terrorism related. I think he was mad because they were making fun of his mustache. That's what, that's what some are saying now, that this was all because of bullying. <sighs> they had said that he had a porn stash. You know, a little mustache that looked like you were in a porno. I, I mean, a Saudi should say, I've never seen a porno. I don't even know what that means. So please stop saying that. Allah be praised. Blessed be upon Muhammad. All of that stuff. And then, of course, do what Mohammed said to do and cut the heads off of the infidel. Oh, that's what he did, Uh, except he used a gun and he didn't cut anybody's heads off. But he tried. When are we going to learn? Some of these guys were over. We're giving them pilot training. Um, Hello. Uh, At least now, I guess we can say we're training them to land the plane as well. Can we stop? (laughs) Training Saudi nationalists to fly planes. It's part of the package, though. When we sell them military equipment, like planes, we we train them to use the planes. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, once you have a guy shooting people up uh, on one of our bases, I think you lose that privilege. I just think, you know what? Uh Uh-uh. Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, s- they've, they've made this a priority to sell them lots and lots of equipment. It's something that we talk about often. All the time. Yeah. We're in a proxy war with them right now. We're in a proxy war, meaning we're helping Saudi Arabia fight their war in Yemen. So we're helping them. And they're monsters. Let's be honest about it. They're, they're, they're our monsters. Oh, well, that makes it so much better. You know, I've told you about I'm reading this book called Poisoner in Chief. And it's really, really, really good. Uh, it's a little horrifying. Uh, about uh, our our CIA and what we were doing with experimental drugs and 
testing on children as young as six. We didn't get permission. We just scooped them up from orphanages and we're like, uh, let's see how much let's see how much LSD their body can take. I mean, we did some really bad stuff. However, when you're reading it, uh, they're making the case on how bad we are because after World War II, we knew that they were working on biological weapons, both the Japanese and the Germans, and they had done extensive testing on people. I mean, the Japanese really made the Germans look like rookies. They really did. Um, in China, they just, they just took this whole five-mile area or ten-mile area and they just cordoned it off, and then they just started bringing people in, and they would do horrible, horrible experiments uh, on these people with biological weapons. Well, the book is trying to set up how bad we are, because we went over and we tried to get the information from those doctors, because we wanted to know what they had learned about biological weapons. Okay, well, that's bad. I agree with you. I agree with you. And giving kids LSD, that's bad. And it should have never happened. And it it embarrasses me. However, um, why, why is that even equated to sticking people a post through their body uh, while they're still alive and then uh, hitting them with shrapnel from an anthrax bomb while they squirm on that post for six and seven days to see how they see how they die and how long it takes them to die that's a little different it's a little different but we're made out to be the bad guys and yet japan nobody's talking about what japan did because what japan did japan hopefully won't be doing now what they did in the past germans did that and hopefully germans aren't doing that now I think they learned their lesson. Well, why are we the only ones that cannot ever let go of our past? Ever, ever let go of our past. The only time that you can be excused and let go of your past is when you've learned from it and you stop making the same mistake. Can we stop making the same mistake and, and adopting monsters around the world as our friends? I don't want to be in bed with monsters. I don't think anybody in the country wants to be in bed with monsters. But our State Department will tell our president we have to be. We, if we are not friends with the Saudis, then this and this and this will happen. Well, you know that? The same thing they said about Donald Trump not meeting with North Korea. Okay? Don't meet with him. I thought that was insane, too. I didn't like that we were meeting with him. But I knew what was happening, what Obama did and what Bush did, was not working. And you've got to do something. Do you know that right now uh, Kim Jong-il is... Un. Kim Jong-un is now uh, saber-rattling, taking all these pictures on him on a horse in the mountains, and they keep releasing it. And he says, a big Christmas surprise is coming for America uh, and America should be warned, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you know why that's happening? They always take pictures of him on horses before some big battle. Okay, it's a traditional thing that it would be like, you know, if we still believed in God, if our president went to Valley Forge and kneeled down in the forest and said a prayer, it would be a sign to America: uh, we're going to go into battle. Okay, that's what this is with a horse. And so he's imaging himself as a tough guy, ready to go into war. Well, why is he doing that? Because Donald Trump has humiliated him inside of his own country. By meeting with Donald Trump, you know, we all said, he's going to get something. He's going to get something. We're going to give him something. Nope, Donald Trump gave him a nice talking to. Hey, you're great. You should come to the table. Let's. And we all thought that was nuts. It seems to be working because what Donald Trump did not do was give them all of the things, the actual things that they've wanted that Obama gave them and Bush gave them. He said, no, I'll meet with you. I'll I'll talk to you, but you're not getting those things until you do X, Y, and Z. So he just flipped the tables and we all freaked out. But it looks now, this this is 
intelligence speculation. We don't know for sure why and what's coming. But it looks as though the pressure on him from his inner circle, from the communist leadership, is that he is so weak and pathetic that he did all this world stage with Donald Trump, and yet he didn't get Donald Trump to give him anything. And now they don't have the aid that they really need. And so he's in trouble. Well, that's pretty good. How about this? The State Department says that you can't get out of that deal with Iran. You can't get out of that deal with Iran. It'll cause the whole world to be set on fire. You can't get out of that deal on Iran. Well, the people in Iran are rising up against the regime because when we got out of that deal, Donald Trump made the sanctions even tougher. And guess what? They appear to be working and the whole world is not on fire because of that. They told Donald Trump, don't make the embassy Jerusalem. You can't do that. No president has ever done that. You got to listen to us, the experts at the State Department. Why? Because the whole world will turn against us. Guess what didn't happen? I mean, I, I just, I just, I just don't understand. I just honestly don't understand how people's hatred can be so deeply uh, involved with Donald Trump that you can't at least admit the facts. Look, I'm a guy who was against him in the in the first uh, in the first uh, run up. There's lots of things Donald Trump does that I don't like. Look what I just said. I didn't like that he went to North Korea, but it may actually be working. I didn't I didn't like the the Iranian deal, but it concerned me what we were doing then and what we were doing now. It still concerns me, but it looks like it's working. I didn't believe Donald Trump would say that about Jerusalem. I didn't believe it for a second. He did against all the experts. You know what's happening here with Donald Trump? The reason why people don't like him is because he's changing all of the dynamics. All of the dynamics. You, you, we, it's easy for us to point and say, look what he's doing to the press. He's burning the press down to the ground. And uh, normally I would be against that. <laughs> I don't like the fact that we don't have anybody we can trust. But that's not Donald Trump's fault. That's the press's fault. And if the press isn't going to tell the truth, they should be burned down to the ground with their own matches. They're doing it, not him. He's just pointing it out. And he's strong enough to be able to keep standing and continuing to point this out. They don't like him, not just because of the press. They don't like him because everybody's power is going away. What, why, what is this impeachment really about? Civil Society 2.0. If you don't know what it is, look it up. If you don't know what it is, watch our, la- our latest special. Our special that came out about three weeks ago. You can find it at Blaze TV. You can find it on YouTube. Look for Hydra, the Democrats' Hydra. Civil Society 2.0. That's what this is about. And that is all about the State Department being told by Donald Trump, shut up shut up if you are going to disrupt things you are going to be hated everything is being disrupted all the old things are not going to be at least they may not all fall because the smart ones like i can't believe i'm saying this like the intel and the government they know just play ball and social media is intertwining themselves with our government that will protect those weasels in the government and those weasels in social media but everything that doesn't adapt will burn to the ground because it's over because it doesn't work it's been corrupt for far too long Do we have a healthy do we have a healthy society? I think the answer to that is really clear. No. Does our government have do you have faith in our government? The answer to that is no. Um does the world have faith in our government? I you could listen to either side. 
people will say, no, it's because of Barack Obama or no, because of Donald Trump. They don't have faith in the United States. Full faith and credit. Does the United States have good credit? Full faith and credit in the government of the United States is what is required for our money to not be worthless. How do you think that's going? Which direction is that going? You see that thing turning around anytime? You see us getting serious about our credit? Nope. Do you see us anytime getting, uh, getting, gaining credibility? You think, you think Joe Biden is going to be able to turn the corner on our credibility? Nope. Full faith and credit. May I suggest, I have full faith in the credit of gold because gold doesn't change. The value of your dollar changes. Gold doesn't go up or down in, in price. Your dollar does. So when your dollar is devalued, it appears as though gold is more expensive. No, it just takes more of those dollars to buy it because the dollar that you had yesterday isn't worth the dollar that you had uh, today. That's what's happening. Goldline, call them now, please. It makes a great Christmas gift. Just get a gold coin for your kids. Get a small gold coin. Get silver for your kids. I know that I don't give flashy presents. I really don't. Well, I do sometimes, but I don't. With my kids, I try to give them sensible things, things that you'll thank me in the end. My daughter reminded me that when I gave her a pair of diamond earrings a few years ago when she first turned, I think, 21. I did say to her, they'll look lovely on you, but you keep them always because someday you may have to eat them and pick through your own poop to get them so you can get across a border. That's how special gifts are it's called parenting. from me. Mm-hmm. Parenting. Mm-hmm. Parenting 101. Mm-hmm. Goldline, call them now. Goldline at 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. By the way, diamonds seem to be losing their value. Got a lot of stories I want to talk about. And so may I just go back and forth from story to story? Some of them are good. Some of them are great and fun. Uh, Others are just like, oh, geez, really do I have to deal with that? So I'm going to kind of race through some of those. But I want to give you all the news that uh, I thought was fit to talk about today. Uh, First, the Blaze is reporting that Dame Emma Thompson. Mm, Yes, Dame Emma Thompson. Can you imagine if we had titles like Sir and Dame and the president could knight you? Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? All of the people who are liberal would all be, we'd have to call them Sir. (laughs) <laughs> sir uh, al gore i'm sorry sir al gore and he is isn't he he actually was knighted wasn't he wasn't gore. i don't think you can be knighted as an it, american citizen i don't think you can't you be can. honorary and honorarily maybe knight, you're knighted. not supposed to take any knighthoods or titles uh from foreign mm, lands makes sense uh and maybe you can get it as an honorary kind of thing but you're not to accept a a title from another land because we don't have them i mean that's a really important thing we didn't want class structure like that this is the also the uh the beginnings uh, and the formation of the baron trump joke from the uh impeachment hearings last week you can name your kid baron but you can't <laughs> baron. oh you didn't finish get it oh yeah now you're supposed no, to yeah. oh now <laughs> that's so funny yeah All right, so actress climate activist Dame Emma Thompson, 60, issued a dire prediction on what life will be like uh, due to climate change. And we here at the BBC would like to report that uh, the award-winning actress uh, said that climate change will affect the globe uh, so much we need to be prepared. Uh, We, quote, better warm up and stockpile food. And uh, remember that there is a surprising amount of protein in the average household pet. End quote. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, yes, uh, she was saying that we may have to resort to eating our uh, beloved Yorkies. She actually went on. Uh, can we please just add this to the list of all the crazy things? You know what? If we're going to be dead in 10 years, I don't think I'm going to eat my pet. 
But, <laughs> I mean, I might go to the zoo and, you know, hey, you want to have giraffe tonight? I mean, I've never had giraffe. Do you think it sounds, it tastes good? Let's try it. Ask the people of Venezuela who are basically yeah. caught for yeah, other well, reasons. Well, I can't get a that. hold of them mm-hmm. because uh, some reason or another, I don't know what it is, communications lost with Venezuela. Hmm. I mean, what would you do if you only had 10 years left, 12 years left? Now, no, we're at nine now, I think, aren't we? Uh, years left until the... Until the, we are all dead, eating our pets. Because of the climate. Climate, yeah. Hmm. If you only had 10 years, I mean, I would... I, I don't think... I would say I would try to be a better person, you know, and I think I would if I believed it. But just like they say that this is happening, and so that would make you not want to buy a $11 million house on an island, they don't really believe it either. Oddly specific number and location (laughs) you're talking about there. Yeah. $11 million on an island. Well, let's just say the island would be like Nantucket. Uh, or Martha's Vineyard. Or Martha's Vineyard. Might, That'd maybe, be even a better be, one. Mm-hmm, it's right that nearby. Even, yeah, yeah, that would even mm-hmm. be a better one. So I don't have anybody in mind, but it just shows that they don't believe it. They clearly don't they believe don't just, it. They I mean, just don't believe it. You see them building. I mean, we, we, we made this point back in like 2000. Gosh, sick. When was an inconvenient book come out? Who came out? Uh, one of the first things in an inconvenient Six, book is a picture of the Miami skyline. This is a, where the vote goes overwhelmingly to Democrats, yet they keep building buildings in this area where they all say is going to be underwater within moments, yet they keep building all of these buildings. Now, they are building them tall. Maybe they're just thinking there's going to be above the water. I don't know. Sure. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Maybe that's their line. But it just seems like they don't actually believe these things. They keep buying the houses right on the water. They keep doing all of these things that would put themselves in their own financial future uh, at risk, but they keep doing it. Over and over and over again. It's almost <laughs> as if they don't believe it or they're utilizing global warming for another reason. It's almost like you can name your son Baron, but uh, uh, you oh, can yeah. still. <laughs> no, I know. No, not yet. Not okay, yet. I'm sorry. You can name your son Baron, but <laughs> you can still get an apartment in a high rise on the edge of Miami. <laughs> That's great. That one didn't work as well. Oh, really? Uh, Okay, next story. Uh, Joe Biden claims ignorance on his son's conflict of interest with Burisma. Mm. He says he, nobody warned me about potential conflict of interest. Nobody warned me about that. Well, that's weird because we have State Department memos that (laughs) where they're all freaking out about it. And your son has said you asked him about it. Uh, that is one. Oh, well, you can't trust his son. Okay, well, you can't. You're right. <laughs> you can't. Uh, but that's like, you know, the, the, this is one of the things he did. It's like when you have, if you're someone, uh, you're Harvey Weinstein's secretary. Uh-huh. And someone says, hey, by the way, I've been hearing rumors about Harvey Weinstein with Wish. Don't, don't finish that sentence. Don't want to know about it. Don't want that information. Mm-hmm. That's Joe Biden with Burisma and his mm-hmm. son. Like, he did everything he could to not be on record talking about it. In fact, said he never talked to his son about it. It was only his son who said they did talk about it. Well, here's the deal. He said, look, uh, there is nothing asserting that uh, said that anything he did was illegal. Nothing. Um, the reporter says, well, I'm not saying illegal. Uh, I'm asking you, was it wrong? Look, uh, here's what I'm not going to do. I- I'm not going to... Uh, and I, I know you're not intending to do this. Play the game of take your eye off the culprit. What? That's a great game. What, what Kids you, love playing love take that. your eye off the culprit. Yeah. It's one of the hottest Mattel games that's well, out this holiday season. Eye, take your eye off the cult- culprit is good, <laughs> but also Malarkey, the new game show. <laughs> malarkey is really, really it's good. Really fun. Yeah. With Much the kids, better. You had to be uh, born in the 90s to really play it. The 1890s. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, by the way, by the way, he also while he said he's like, he didn't do anything wrong. I don't know anything about it. I'm not aware of any of the conflict of interest stuff. And he did nothing wrong here. He did also say this weekend that he's going to make sure that his son doesn't have any business dealings outside of the country if he's president. <laughs> Wait, well, well, why? why? If, if nothing was why? wrong, why would you bother with that? Number one. Right. Number two, how exactly would you pr- pr- uh, prohibit him from doing that? What do you mean? Because um, Hunter Biden, can he's an individual. Yeah. He can go take money from any foreign government that he wants to go take. Up. And by the way, we've made the point several times that it does not appear that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden did do anything illegal. That's the problem. Well, no, wait, wait, wait. 
wait, we got to be really careful on this. Be very, very, mm-hmm. you're right. Nothing illegal. Mm-hmm. However, unethical according to the standards. Yes, it's against the government ethics standard. Right. So as a government employee, Joe Biden should know this, especially as vi- vice president. You can't do anything that gives the appearance mm-hmm. of problematic uh, relationships. Okay, that's clearly what he's done. So at at worst, Joe Biden should say, I did violate the I'm sorry, at best, he should say, I did violate the ethical standards of my office. You know, I didn't mean to or whatever he wants to say, but it's a clear ethics violation that anybody else would have been nailed for long ago. And it's clear that it's an ethical violation. Oh, yeah, that's part of the job. All right, uh, let me give you one more thing. You have a Fitbit? Uh, I do not. It's a trap. Uh, do I look like I have a Fitbit? Well, <laughs> I think my wife wanted to give me a Fitbit, and I and she said, "You know, you could just track your steps." And I said, "Well, sure, I can tell you how many steps I'm taking right now, as few as I possibly can." <laughs> That's. Uh, the, the Fitbit, I think, is a problem in the future because it's going to be tied in. They're already doing this. Some insurance companies are saying, hey, give us access to your Fitbit and you'll get cheaper uh, uh, cheaper life insurance and health insurance. And so people see that as a benefit and that, you know, that's fine. Um, however, it's going to be wear this or you won't get it. Wear this or you'll play. You'll pay an extraordinarily high price because what are you hiding? Well, I have nothing to hide. So why wouldn't I wear the Fitbit? Well, it's, we're seeing this with the car insurance now, yeah. right? Like yeah. if you put put your app on, and we'll see how fast you drive, and we'll give you a discount. Well, that all right, okay. Well, I want the discount. I'll put it on. But when it becomes so, when it becomes mandatory, right, when it's the other way, when it becomes an opt uh, uh, out instead of an opt in, yes, right. Then all right. of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. So now you're getting charged double the amount for not using it. Yeah. Which is, uh, is it's going to be a lot more difficult. This is the Cass Sunstein thing in effect. Just nudge. We're just nudging, nudging you. you. Mm-hmm. Just nudging you. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Until it becomes mandatory. And then they can monitor everything. You know, the new Apple iPhone. We'll talk about this maybe next hour. New Apple iPhone, because they are prepared for 5G, the new Apple iPhone uh, has spatial uh, recognition. And so it's pattern. It's making a pattern of everything around you, as well. It's just not, you don't have to worry about just the microphone or the camera. It's gathering spatial information and able to see who is around you and send that information up. If you have a device, I have a device. My new uh, device that's coming out next will be able to see your device, record that information see how far away we were from each other, what room, what the room was like. All of this stuff is, mm-hmm. is happening now, uh, and it'll be there in your phone. And the great news is, is that Apple will keep that information, and they'll never do anything with it. What could go wrong, though? Yeah, anyway, um, here's, a, here's a, a story. Um, the NFL Network correspondent Jane Slater uh, discovered that her boyfriend was being unfaithful. Um, all she did was give him a Fitbit. And she gave him a Fitbit, and then she was like, hey, you know what? We should, we should work together on this. And so they coordinated their, their Fitbits so they would send each other information. Yeah, you can like motivate each other workouts, make sure, yeah. hey, you know, you, you really pushed it hard at the gym today. Good yeah, job. Good job. Good mm-hmm. job. Um, she apparently found out that um, Orange Theory wasn't having classes at 4 a.m., uh, and <laughs> uh, he would say, well, I was at Orange Theory. No, they don't have classes at 4 a.m., yeah, what I guess was seemingly what was happening is mm-hmm. um, his, his heart rate. Yeah, it was all physical activity spiking uh-huh. at four a.m. when he was unaccounted for. Yeah, and her little <laughs> and she gets a little buzz on her arm and she's like, uh, "What's he doing right now? <laughs> he's he's working out. <laughs> he's got his heart <laughs> elevated." Mm. Yeah, the Blaze Radio Network on demand.